Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Hello, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I am the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence and your host here at Beyond Clean with Ace. It is a Friday. You know what? It's, uh, what, the middle of April, and... You know, I even forgot. I did my taxes early this year, so I think it was tax week. Isn't that April the something? Uh, Bill, you're, you're on the line with us today. Help it's, me out here. It's usually April 15th, but the IRS moved it out to May 15th this year because of the pandemic. Ah, okay. So uh, even though I was early, uh, you still have another month then, right? It would appear so, at least for the, for the uh, federal. I'm not sure about the state's. Well, folks, uh, you uh, now know that I'm not here by myself. Uh, Bill Fellows, who is with us on a fairly regular basis, is uh, back again. Bill, for those who haven't heard you, let's update them. Um, my name's Bill Fellows. I've been in the business a little over 55 years now, and uh, my, my primary focus in this cleaning industry of ours is on chemicals. Uh, I had a, a wife who uh, was afflicted by the uh, uh, chronic reaction to chemicals that we used. We were in business before OSHA existed, didn't have any sense of what was in what we had. We didn't research it, which everybody else was using it, so we did too. While it didn't affect me, it eventually caused her to die about 20 years before the women in her family died uh, from all those complications. So I've done a lot of research. I just kind of stay up to date on what's going on with the chemicals in our industry. Uh, most of the stuff that we used in, in, back in the 60s, you can't even buy anymore. It's been taken off the market. So uh, my focus has always been on chemical safety and trying to educate people about their chemicals. Well, you know, Bill, I guess, I guess I'm going to try to start our uh, session off today with, uh, you know, something Daryl Hicks and I talked about last week. The CDC says we don't have to disinfect anymore. Well, they're, they were specific to the COVID, not, not overall. Uh, that specificity was simply because COVID, uh, that particular uh, virus can be disrupted by simple hand washing with the mild alkaline cleaners. And they discovered the same was true of cleaning. If we clean the surfaces with our normal uh, uh, neutral-based cleaners that are slightly alkaline, we do disrupt and, and destroy that virus. They also noted that in that same study that uh, they're becoming more aware of the fact that the virus isn't spread by what you touch 
so much as by the air. That's why their mask mandate is, uh, was put in place and we have a lot of states that are backing off of that and those same states are having the rise in the COVID. So um, we can't make people do the right thing. We can only educate them and hope that they understand what's best for themselves and the people around them. Well, you know what's interesting about this whole subject is, you know, the minute somebody sees something, they're going to go completely to the other side. And Bill, you're right. You know, they didn't say don't disinfect. They said use it only where you need to. And, you know, I, I guess those of us in the know about chemicals earlier last year kept saying you don't have to disinfect everything. You need to clean it. And you know what? If we would clean with lower toxic chemicals, then the exposure you're talking to aren't going to be so great. Yeah, the it's a, it's safer for everybody involved. It's certainly cheaper because a lot of money was spent after the start of the pandemic by uh, well-meaning people who uh, and cleaning organizations and, and people people who own buildings doing all kinds of disinfecting. Uh, wasting that particular product to the extreme when uh, the cleaning would have sufficed for surface cleaning. Now, again, that's we're more concerned about what's in the air now because that's become the focus and uh, getting people to wear that mask seems to be a problem. Even in Congress when they were talking to Dr. Fauci, they wanted to know about getting the people's freedom back. and. I thought Fauci's response was very good. He says, this isn't about freedom. It's about the 560,000 American lives lost uh, by people not following the recommendations. It's about not losing another 565,000 because we don't pay attention. Right. Well, you know, and I think this is the interesting conversation today, uh, Bill, is people just use product chemistry and don't have any idea what they're using because they saw it on a commercial and that's what they should do. Um, that, and uh, again, uh, there were several who took advantage of, the, of the, the fear of the pandemic and stepped in with all these options to try to fix the problem and, and uh, people bought into that. So again- And are still. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, and are still. So I, I guess that's why we have this. So Bill, you and I have been working on a project over the, well, last five, six months. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about this, Dave. I think that we've put, it, put together a very good program that uh, clearly helps people to appreciate the, uh, the value of the SDS, how to use it, and also then how to apply our disinfectants where they are needed. Um, one of the things we see people doing all the time, and, and I know you have because I've heard you talk about it, is people applying disinfectant to a surface that has not been cleaned. And the cleaning process is a very vital step for the disinfectant to do its job. Uh, other, th other factors include how it's stored, how we put it in secondary containers. There are all kinds of things that can affect the efficacy of a, of a disinfectant. And uh, 
that's part of what we talk about um, and in some cases even do a little bit of a demonstration but, and it's it's a live interactive program so people can see what's going on they can talk to us they can ask questions where they need to um, and I've done this the SDS portion of this training for many years now and it continually gets updated on things like what we just talked about where the CDC said that disinfecting isn't required for COVID anymore but um, in so doing uh, we just keep people apprised we educate and most all the people that I work with on this are just amazed at what they've learned uh, in just a, an hour or so uh, our, pro our program is about uh, what an hour and a half two hours if we allow for all the questions and answers so uh, it's, it's an amazing amount of information in a short period of time based upon the experience of you and then what you've gone through because you too had a problem with the reaction to chemicals that have, has affected you permanently and uh, in my years in the business while I was fortunate enough not to have that same reaction, I still was using the wrong stuff. Well, and we were doing that because there wasn't anybody like you and I talking about it and, and letting us know so that we so that we didn't do those things to ourselves. Oh, that's true. And uh, what you had was a salesman out there trying to pump out anything they could sell. And uh, well, and, and you know, and hey, I'm going to take the defensive salesman. Some people weren't. You know, back in those days, they weren't educated to it either. Today, that's different. But it's interesting how, you know, whenever I teach these infection prevention classes, how many people really don't understand pH of chemicals and what what it really means. They just think, you know, if it says pH neutral, it's, it's okay. I can do it on anything with it. And, yeah, there's a lot of marketing that's done with pH neutral, and it's got a 9 pH. It's a, we call uh, neutral cleaners are typically supposed to be between a 7 and an 8, more like a 7.5, and they are crawling a little bit and getting a little higher on the alkalinity with that term. There's a lot of terminology in our business that over the years has changed its meaning, and uh, they've even adopted new words for it that make it sound a little better. We used to call that greenwashing, where uh, they would talk about these chemicals or materials or supplies that were were better for the environment, and to an extent they may have been, but they not to the way that they were professed to be. Um, but there's been a lot of people step in and try to fix that. We're part of that that group. Well, I mean, you know, and, and that's the reason that we have this, this class with you. It's called the Accredited Hazard Communications Technician Course. Uh, we're going to be doing it uh, in our classroom in Orlando. So if uh, our listeners here today would be, well, would like to come to a live classroom where other people, they can see it and look at the color of their eyes, uh, we'll have classes going on. We've been doing it for a while, but I think everybody's getting a little bit more free to move around. We're going to also be doing it remote. So, folks, if you're listening and you don't want to come to Orlando and you want to chime in, uh, as Bill said, it's interactive. 
you can do it through remote. I think everybody kind of learned how to do that, Bill. Um, yeah, it's become a pretty simple process for most people. Even uh, even older people who never liked to use devices before or during the pandemic, they took the crash courses with their younger uh, relatives who could teach them so that they could have face-to-face uh, -face, uh, meetings by Zoom or uh, when Microsoft Team or FaceTime or whatever. Now, are you, are, are you talking from practical experience, Bill? I think I spent a little bit of time trying to learn this myself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what was interesting is when all of this hit, uh, we were we were ahead of the cur curve, thankfully. So, um, you know, we last year was a pretty good year as far as education. People had the time, needed the information. Um, now it's kind of a struggle, but I understand that uh, you had a pretty good class here recently, Bill. Yeah, we uh, we did a class with one of my uh, uh, Sims clients, Cleaning Industry Management Standard. I'm an assessor for that, and one of those clients out on the East Coast. Uh, I always do a, an abbreviated version with a couple of key people of SDS to help them teach their people. And they decided they wanted the full course, so we set up two uh, Zoom meetings. Uh, and we did a, a two-hour course. We, we really got into detail, more so than I typically do, and had questions asked, and then we uh, we sent out a survey on it. And the uh, I haven't gotten the actual hard copies of the surveys yet, but some of the comments back and all things like, uh, gee, I never knew that much stuff was on an SDS. And, uh, you know, I've learned so much, and thank you for your time and for what you taught us. So, um, we'll be sharing some of those on online here in the, in the near future. But it's it was a really interesting reaction that we got. It was exciting to see those people take that interest because uh, the typical reaction when you're going to start teaching about SDS is everybody's ready to take a nap. Uh, <laughs> And that, that's primarily because the way we have taught in the past has been, uh, even back when MSDS, when things weren't standardized, uh, section one says this and section two says that, and, and you just sat there, and because especially under MSDS, when the formats weren't necessarily in the same order, you one chemical company might have a 16 section MSDS, another an 8, another a 10, and the information was all there, but it wasn't always in the same place. So you had to uh, you had to do sheets for every chemical, and back in the day, it seemed like we were almost our own distributor. We had so many different kinds of chemicals <laughs> that we used, and we've we've learned over the years that. You can get the job done with uh, five chemicals or less, and you just have to be smart about what you're picking up and how you're using it. So as you're talking about this, Bill, you know, one of the things that's interesting in my, because I'm doing a lot of infection prevention classes with, you know, hundreds of people, and, and one of the things that's interesting is they, they still haven't got the idea, and you would think after all these years they'd all get it, of work model labels. 
do, do labels for uh, all these chemi this chemistry need to be on everything that we're putting a diluted product into? It's um, with the exception of a mop bucket or something that you're going to, uh, when you're done with it, whatever's left over is going to be uh, thrown out, if you will. Uh, yes, it all has, to, all has to have a label. And so, you know, I see these people with electrostatic sprayers with no label on the, the tank uh, or the device. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be, re right now, they're not a requirement to do that because it's supposed to be a product that when they're done, the tank's emptied and it's over with. It's like a, you grab it, you use it, and you're not going to store it that way. Um, so that's that's the reason for that, although I would have to agree with your your reasoning is that it makes more sense to have it on everything, even if it is a tank that you're going to turn around and clean out and not, not use or not have it stored in that tank. Well, yeah, you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, if it has to go into a work bottle label, you know, a little quart bottle or a 16-ounce bottle, what about a two-quart pump-up sprayer or a one-gallon pump-up sprayer? Again, it's good to have it on there, but if, if they don't store it in that, if they just put it in the pump-up sprayer, use it, then they empty and clean out the, the sprayer, the, the law doesn't require that. Um, now, so you, you, you added some words there that are very interesting to me. If they empty it and clean it out. But you know what? I know from you know working with several clients that uh, their backpack sprayers, you know, that are now holding two gallons of product, uh, they don't use the whole thing in, you know, one shift or it's not... It, it, it's not always cleaned out, it's put on the shelf. And some of the manufacturers of the sprayers are having difficulty because people aren't cleaning them out. So I think it's interesting whenever I teach class that we, we've got the you know, what I would call the double standard here almost. Well, again, yeah, if, it's, if they're gonna keep it in there, it should definitely have a label. Uh, but if it's just a if they use it, clean it out, and uh, and there's no more chemical in it in between uses, then it's not required to have a label. So, folks, the conversation that Bill and I are having right here is kind of indicative of why we want you to attend this session with Bill and I. Uh, we'll give you the dates here in a little bit, but you know, during the two hours, yes, we have some canned things that we want to instruct you on, but. You need to bring your questions, just like I am questioning Bill on this, and get some professional advice from us live on the air. Uh, this is what you're talking about, interactive, Bill. Yes. Um, we're, it'll be available so that people can ask questions. Uh, they can actually talk with us as we move through it. Um, and it it's a... You're going to be amazed at what you're going to be able to pick up, and I don't care how long you've been in the business. You know, I, I had one company, only one, that I went to, and we went through this, these uh, terms and all in the SDS with them. It was shortly after the SDS came into play. One person in their company knew every answer, and he was the vice president of safety. 
<laughs> and he was extremely proud of himself for knowing all those answers, but not one person that worked for the company knew those answers. Well, and rightfully he should have known it was a good test for him. You know, what was interesting, I had an infection prevention class here a couple of weeks ago with Daryl Hicks, and a gentleman was on it, and, you know, it was two four-hour afternoons, and he was pretty much the same way. You know, I know everything, I know everything, but you know what, when we got to a certain point, and he goes, now, you know, I had to wait for all this time, but now you've taught me something, and you just never know. We, we're all on a path of learning at some point if we're receptive. And if they, in this particular case, my concern was he was the vice president of safety, and yet what he knew wasn't passed on to the group. And him knowing it was irrelevant because he wasn't actually out there doing the cleaning. The people who use this stuff every day have to know it. Uh, and so what this class is for is for the people that are actually doing the hands-on, correct? Right, that's what we're trying to accomplish, is get that word to those people. Now, typically, the people who attend these classes are more in upper management. It might go as low as a supervisor, but I keep stressing they have to move it down. But this last class I did had 160-some people in it. Uh, we had them clear down to the, uh, the actual hourly worker. Uh, so that was very helpful to them. It opened up a lot of eyes. Well, and, and you know, here at the Academy, this is what we focus on is the frontline worker, keeping them safe while they do their job. You know, they're fighting a battle against basically an unseen enemy, you know, pathogens of all sorts, and cleaning is the big thing. Uh, I love what the CDC has come out. I only hope that people hear the message it didn't say don't disinfect, it said clean more and disinfect when you need to. And I think all of what we're going to talk about in your class is teaching them what products, where they should be used and what the hazards are that they're putting themselves at risk with. Yeah, we talk about, uh, you mentioned earlier, pH and it comes under our category of the chemistry of cleaning and why things work the way that they do. And it's important that people understand that because they make bad choices if they don't understand it. Uh, it's not only to be able to get something clean, but it's also so that you don't damage the surface that you're cleaning. Uh, you don't create a, a toxic environment for yourself and for others and by having chemicals that react with one another. Uh, so many little things that, that they're not typically taught in their normal training program with the with the cleaning company or an organization that self cleans it they just don't get that in depth to it so this is a, people really need to, to get in on this course okay so the dates that we have set uh for april we've already passed our date for april uh may we have the 26th of may so write that down folks the 26th of may and then we have the 23rd of June. Now these are already scheduled. They're from, I think, one to three o'clock in the afternoon on both of those dates. They will be done with uh, a remote, uh, with Zoom. Or you can come to Orlando and take uh, the live class in the classroom. Um, you know, 
you can go, let's just say this way, you can go to academyofcleaning.com and look at our full line catalog. Just look for the hazards communication in the catalog. It'll take you to the place where you can sign up for this. If uh, somebody can't between now and June because they're like, oh, we got to wait till the summer, are we going to set up any summer classes uh, for this, Bill? That's our plan. Yeah, we haven't done set those dates yet for past June 23rd, but hopefully we're, we'll have some for every uh, day of the uh, or every month through the summer. Cool. Uh, anything else we want to talk about this morning or this afternoon, whatever time it is that they're listening? <laughs> yeah, that could be could be afternoon for somebody, I guess. Uh, I was interested in also getting into the, the concept of uh, appreciating when and when not to disinfect. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time this summer or this past year uh, by from people who were, were trying to be very helpful disinfecting everything and we we did it in so many different ways we walked around with a trigger sprayer and sprayed door handles and uh, bathroom stalls we used uh, microfiber claws and, and wiped it on we put uh, put it into electrostatic systems and other kinds of foggers we did so many things for disinfecting and uh, the idea now that the CDC is putting out the disinfecting has to be better targeted. Uh, so we'd like people to join us to understand that a little bit better and how to use uh, a targeted approach for disinfecting instead of just to get everything. Yeah, Bill, I think it's interesting. This is why we talked before COVID. Then everybody went to, to just indiscriminately spraying everything and now we're going to come back to what we've been preaching but the, the the problem is is that so many people weren't doing enough before and we went clear to one side so now we're trying to say stay tuned hang on it's somewhere in between of where you were before pandemic and where you were during exactly so we we should anticipate that buildings who really care about the safety of their people and their occupants and the uh, the visitors to the site will want to have a healthy building and in the past that was driven the cleaning was driven by bean counters uh, we don't have enough money to do the cleaning to that degree they need to pay more attention now to people who are in the industry who understand it and can really look at your use of your building and design a cleaning program that's correct for you to give you the healthiest building at the best cost that they can, but it's not going to be free. And it's not going to be at the same levels that it used to be because we're trying to be better at what we do. So, Bill, I want to ask you the discussion that Daryl Hicks and I had last week after the CDC's uh, guidance is to clean, disinfect, and rinse. Now, I know that not everybody talks about the rinsing. I'm a very big proponent of rinsing because of some things you mentioned. 
uh, it's not just airborne toxicity I'm concerned about. It's touching the surfaces and having all this chemical residue on it. Um, what is your feeling and your take on adding a rinse step to this whole scenario of chemistry? There's, a, it's, it's like everything we've been talking about. It, it was one of those things that they skipped uh, because, again, it was, it was kind of trying to save some money. And uh, when you're saving money at the expense of health, somebody's paying for that. Uh, it may, may be you and lost productivity of the people that, that are in your building. It could be you as a, on a personal level, by, if not by having to miss work, being sick. So the cost is going to be in there. It's just whether or not it is glaring at you off a spreadsheet or it's hiding from you in, in some other form. I think it was interesting. I put up our podcast from uh, uh, Daryl's session last week, and a gentleman uh, responded to it that this wasn't practical because he was going to pay for the extra step that they couldn't do. And uh, I'm like, you know, I first wanted to know, find out where he was at, and then I was astonished to see that he was in healthcare and he doesn't have the time to do what's right. Yeah. Sad, isn't it? Well, I think that's indicative of what you were just saying a minute ago. Well, we'll uh, we just have to keep doing our best to let people know we can't make them do the right thing. You see it every day. I mean, you're you're kind of in a different situation than I am because you aren't able to get out uh, as much because of the situation with your inability to breathe through a mask. Uh, but for people like us who do use masks and get out there, the, the number of people who don't wear them and are actually defiant when they're asked to wear them are just incredible. Well, folks, you know, we've been talking about, uh, hey, I didn't know we were going to talk infection prevention today, but hey, we did. Uh, but basically just, you know, knowing what kind of chemistry you're using. You know, what's interesting to me with this bill is how many people use chemistry in their own homes and have no concept of, of the hazards they're putting themselves at. But when they go to work, then they want everybody to take care of them. Yeah. This the concept that a company is required to keep their people safe. And it's, it's not their, it's their responsibility to educate people. But the only person that can keep you safe is you. I, I agree with you, Bill, 100%. You know, in every class I teach when it comes to these kind of things, I, I say, you know, it's, it's not the company's responsibility to protect you when you know what you should do. You know, there's no, there's, I don't feel that there's a defense for you if you say, well, I, I, I just didn't, you know, the company should have provided that for me. Well, if they should have and you knew that, then why didn't you go and get it? Because you know, it's your health. Yeah, one of the things we teach is uh, where to find the information on an SDS as to what you're supposed to be doing to mitigate the the hazards of that beach chemical. And typically, cleaning companies have a list of things they require their people to wear in the form of PPE, 
But I tell them, look at that. You have to do what the company has, but on the other hand, you may want to add to it. And uh, especially if you know that you are vulnerable in some way or another, uh, and more susceptible to the chemicals than other people are. So uh, look, look at them for yourself, and then you decide what to wear in addition to what the company already tells you to wear in the form of PPE. Well, you know, there's a lot of information out there, folks, a lot of misinformation. And, you know, quite honestly, Bill and I have been talking today uh, for you folks, is that, you know, sometimes it's just lack of knowledge. We both started in an era where it was lack of knowledge. We've either, we, in some personal way, we've both suffered from chemical exposure that have led to chronic issues and as Bill said in some cases it does result in death. COVID has been the thing that's been on everybody's mind but I think as we move forward Bill we're, we're not just talking about one pathogen anymore I think you know that's the other thing that I want people to understand the, these pathogens that we're talking about and cleaning is going to continue the same as it always has. It, it, it you know, just because we've got vaccine and we don't have as many deaths every day, doesn't mean to back off. Uh, there's that's certainly true. You, it, we don't know how many lives were saved by the way we were cleaning before COVID came along, uh, simply because we were trying to do our best to keep to keep areas safer. But we do know that things like COVID can happen where we're overtaken by something so dramatic, uh, just like happened with the flu back in the, in the early 1900s, uh, uh, polio, a lot of those things that hit us, it took time to figure out how to avoid them. And in the meantime, you know, our, what we do to keep places clean prevent some of the illnesses we may never even know about. Uh, so it's critical that we take care of that. But when we do have something we've identified, we know what it takes, it's, it's shame on you if you don't do something about it. You know, I, I've had some people say, well, that means everything that we did this last year, all of this stuff was worthless. We, we didn't really need to be doing all that. And you go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. Just because COVID wasn't the thing that you were cleaning and disinfecting against doesn't mean that we didn't help, and as you just said, keep a lot of people from dying as a result of other pathogens. Yeah, and it's, they're the no seems that get you. These, <laughs> these guys who want to be big macho people, men and women who, I don't need to do this, I'm in a free country, I can do what I want to do and they get whipped by something they can't even see. They're willing to take on and fight somebody that they can stand up to and, and to fight for their rights. Uh, but when this little thing they can't see takes over their body, you know, what did they gain in the process? Well, it, uh, pathogens are indiscriminate. They, they will do that to anybody, anywhere, any say, size, shape, sex, and color. And I think, folks, this is what we're trying to talk about today, is if you are using chemistry in the workplace, 
please, please come and invest some of your time, a little bit of your money, and learn what you as a frontline technician need to know to keep yourself safe. It's your life. We want to help save it. Anything else, Bill? No, that's what I particularly wanted to cover. I want to make sure that we get the word out and uh, starting uh, later today or tomorrow, I'll be putting together a, a little uh, pep talk for people to try to look into this and join us for it. To, my my uh, social media uh, things that I have and I may try to get a lot of my friends and all to spread the word as well because uh, it's an important thing and to, for people to learn and as people begin to learn it they're so just amazed at that. That's why I want to include these testimonials so that people can appreciate the those who are actually working in the business using these products have benefited so much from the time that we spent. Uh, one of the things we bring up in that is uh, now now that you've learned this, I'd like you to go home and take a look under your kitchen sink. <laughs> because they're going to see chemicals that don't belong together at all sitting together in that underneath that sink. And, it's, it's amazing. Just They just don't know. That's all it is. And they're, they're putting everybody at risk. Yeah, I always, I always tell people, I said, when should you start making you know, changes? Next week, whenever it's convenient? No, today. And go home. That'll be the first place you make the change. Then it becomes a part of who you are and what you do. And then it spreads. Bill, again, it's uh, been good talking with you again on this, folks. Again, those dates are May the 26th and June the 23rd of this year, and we'll have them uh, scheduled on out throughout the uh, summer. If uh, they want to get a hold of you, Bill, how do they do that? Um, you can text me on my cell phone, which is 410-530-8545. That's 410 410- Five three zero eight five four five, or they can email me at bill at billfellows.com bill at billfellows.com now the reason I say text is because I've set my phone so that I don't get all those silly robo calls ringing in my ears so if your if your name and number isn't already in my address book my phone won't ring. It'll just send you straight to voicemail. You can always leave a message and I'll call you back, but uh, if you text me or you do the email, you'll get a response probably a little quicker. Well, and folks, this is this business texting and it's the way of the future. It's the way we do things, just like remote learning through Zoom, uh, something we, we all had to get used to. Bill, it's been nice chatting with you again uh, today, and uh, folks, hopefully we'll see you in a class soon. Thanks, David.